all of these houses come with built-in gas fireplaces, natural gas fireplaces. And I mean, the house I grew up in is now 101 years old. So I think a natural gas fireplace is like throwing money on a fire pit like the Joker in The Dark Knight. Like, it's really stupid. Any year you're saying just this year when natural gas is expensive? No, no, just any year. Like a natural gas fireplace is stupid, in my opinion. Why is that? Because like you you should want a natural fireplace so you can do other things. Can you cook over a natural gas fireplace? No, you can't. Can you like cook hot dogs or cook food or marshmallows or s'mores or something over an actual fireplace? Yes, you can. People do that in actual fireplaces and houses though. Cook food in them. I don't think anyone's ever cooked <laughs> over a fire in a fireplace. You have. Yeah. Yeah, 1994, during the uh, big blizzard of 94, we didn't have power for five days. That that was the only source of heat in our house. It was so cold, and there was four feet of snow. We and, you had had the, fire, and you had firewood included? Yes. yes. It, as hard as that may be to believe. No, we did. And, you know, we, we, cooked, we, we definitely cooked things over it, and we also burned stupid things that we didn't need anymore once firewood was running low. But, no, it was so stupid, but... I'm like, okay. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to see, you know, what happens if the power goes out. The power did go out for 30 seconds. It immediately shut off. And I was, (laughs) and I was like, okay. And I was trying to think about it, you know, because natural gas. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand it. Here's what I found out based on some research when my power came back on is that otherwise it would just go on in perpetuity. And so if the, if the thing senses that the electricity has gone out, the second the electricity goes out, it cuts off the full gas feed. But if you take out the bottom of it, you can get two D batteries, plug these into an emergency adapter, and then flip the switch, and it will turn it back on. It's just an on-off? It's just a switch for the fireplace? Well, we have a remote control too, but yeah, it's, okay. a, sw- it's a switch on the wall. But I, but I learned- But it's not a thermostat. No, it's it's literally a natural gas fireplace with a flu and everything. Uh, are you are you I ready? Really to... want to, I don't really want to do college football talk because I, I feel like Ryan would want to be a part of that. Of course. Who wants to talk about? I mean, Ohio State had a great comeback. Penn State got pwned. Michigan got owned. Who wants to talk about the fucking SEC? Uh, no, oh, not, not me. No, yeah, it, exactly. The, the SEC. What? I don't. I don't. The only game that mattered was the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> not the Jimmy, not the Jimmy Kimmel Las Vegas Bowl or whatever. Oh my gosh, these bowls, guys! Like, so Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, was an LA bowl, but still, like, come on, who paid to put Jimmy Kimmel's name on a bowl? There's the Cheez It Bowl. There was the I kid you not, Tony the Tiger Bowl. It wasn't even the Frosted Flakes Bowl. It was the Tony the Tiger. I didn't even know he was still the mascot for Frosted Flakes. I would support a Cheez-It Bowl because there are two people, there are three types of people in the world, people who support Cheez-Its, people who support cheese nips, and people who don't care. And the latter two people are monsters because Cheez-Its oh, are- what monster would eat cheese nips? That's insane. Yeah. No. Nip, I'm not sure. It's like generic to- Cheez-Its that, that taste like butt. Oh. They look the same. It, it, like if you're ever at a party where you grab what you think is a Cheez-It and it turns out to be a cheese nip- Walk right out of there. Just just don't even close the door behind you. Just dust off your feet, leave the dust dramatically on the doormat and and walk yourself right out of there because mm. cheese nips are a, are an obscene imitation. Or eat all of them and leave an upper decker before you leave. <laughs> but no, no, like you know, it's it's sort of like, is Pepsi okay? Like, I'm fine with Pepsi. You know, I'm, I'm not a Coke or Pepsi loyalist. I'm a Dr. Pepper guy. But like, you know, the difference between cheese its and cheese nips. And the second you bite into one, you might not know from appearance, especially if you're a party when you're drinking. But the second you bite into one, you're like, ugh, ugh. you know, like you just like, like you just want to spit it out. I just Googled it. Cheese nips are made by Kraft. Why isn't Kraft being able to crack the, 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 the cheesy cracker? So the interesting backstory on cheese its is that uh, it all goes back to I think a British cracker way back in the day. It was like, like a world, as world. in a a li- cracker as in a little baked piece of wheat or a white person <laughs> baked piece <laughs> of wheat dating dating back to World War One. I, I believe it was like a ration of some sort, and uh, it kind of like took you know took 
flame among flame among Americans. And then I believe it's Nimbisco that makes Cheez-Its or at least that they so. did. And they were the, the, the first one. And Cheez-Its was obviously not their first name. They had some sort of much more complicated name until the good genius marketers of Madison Avenue came around. Jim, have you tried Cheez-It snaps? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they're quite good. It's it's one of those sorts of things where it's like, have you tried the Doritos Locos taco? And you're just like, okay, that's cool. It, it, what Once you develop sort of an affinity for a certain product within a brand, it's nice to try spinoffs. I mean, like Mountain Dew, for example. I like Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew's Baja Blast at Taco Bell is fantastic. But you can't usually find that at stores. Sometimes you can, but it's just like once you develop, you know, once you develop that affinity, you just kind of stick with it. Sure. I, tr- I see cheese it snaps as a different type of thing. It's, it's almost like a chip rather than a cracker. Yeah. Or within oh, the oh. cheese it family, like I'll, I'll do the white cheddar sometimes. The cheddar jack, those are quite good. Oh my gosh. My children like the white cheddar ones, and I can't stand oh, them. Oh, you don't like them? No, 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 no. It's just we go to the store and they call them white cheesies. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I like, I'll buy them for them, but like I have to buy a regular thing. And usually it's like a two for five deal or something, but uh, I have to have the OG cheese its Cause. Okay. But how about I, the cheddar Jack? Cheddar Jack. Have those? Yeah, I have maybe once, but I, I usually don't stray. It's like, I only order one thing at Subway. Thomas, is there a, a Swedish uh, like, so I know that when you go to like Britain, like, the 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 chips or the, what they call crisps over there. Um, they um they have like prawn flavored, you know, like weird British. Like, do they have like pickled herring flavored Cheez-Its in Sweden or uh, like lingonberry? <laughs> Eleven varieties of of pickled herring flavored Cheez-Its. Uh, I'm not sure we have Cheez-Its. Do we have Cheez-Its? No, we're just talk- it- no, we're just talking about Lay's potato chips, like regular potato chips. Yeah, like we here. we don't we don't have Lay's. I, Lay's is garbage. Uh, we have the the two main chips brands in Sweden are IKEA uh, and Volvo, O L W and Estrella. Why did they misspell owl? I don't know. I'm trying to think what some crazy. Uh, we have kebab flavored uh, chips. Okay, yeah, that's sort of British. I mean, like in Canada, they have ketchup chips. They have ketchup. I mean, because they love ketchup in Canada because they're Canadians. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm always overwhelmed when I go to buy chips, uh, which is why I decided to only buy. The same flavor over and over. It, it makes it easy that way. Thank you. Exactly. Over in, over in Big Britain, as I said, they call them crisps. Generally in Sweden, you speak British English. Do you, do you call them chips or crisps over there? Uh, chips. What do, you call, what do you call the thing that goes with uh, fish, like fried, deep fried fish? Pommes. Pommes frites? Yeah. So you or go with just the... pommes for short. Okay. So you go with the French. You guys are so cultural. You were appropriating culture before it was cool. I saw uh, I saw this tweet. There's this one lady on Twitter that started to make like 300 tweets about Sweden, trying to explain it to foreigners. And I shared this one with Chris yesterday, where there's this Swedish word "usvensk" or uh, "unswedish," directly translated into English, uh, and it's it's often it's used to describe someone who is you now like social and charitable and outgoing. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, that was a fantastic Twitter thread. Uh, I've, oh, I love there's it. so much. There's so much stuff there. I mean, that that's like a, a lifetime's worth of podcasts of the stuff that you've shared with us, like your your Christmas table. And I'm excited to start answering questions. Yeah, because I learned that it means both yes and no. <laughs> yeah, unless you specify. I, I, I appreciate the ambiguity there. Yeah. And she she tweeted about things that we have talked about before in this podcast about how winter tires save lives. So People should use them by law. Uh, what else was there? Uh, you, you ask to borrow the toilet uh, yes. when you go to the bathroom if you're at someone's place. May I borrow your toilet? Thomas, I do love how your uh, your uh, Zoom background here is uh, an Ikea showroom. And uh, in, unless, of course, you are actually stranded, snowed in at an Ikea, and <laughs> you're using one of their fake computers to to film this, in which case... Thank you to the IKEA Corporation. I love your products. I believe, yeah, these, no, yeah, everything's actually IKEA, not the TV. Because it doesn't work like the TVs <laughs> in IKEA. Uh, so, Thomas, I'm familiar with the menorah. I'm familiar with an advent wreath, um, but you have four candles just in a row. What uh, religion is that associated with? Christianity. 
the four candles. So what does that represent? Four. Uh, you, you what they, they represent the the candles. I have no idea. You light one every advent. That's about. Did, that's about it. Keep, that's all I know. You keep it. You keep it burning. But you don't. You Potter don't appear Ritz. to. Have, you don't appear to have lit anything. <laughs> I mean, in America, uh, there's three purple ones and a pink one. But right. here, here they're all white, like Sweden. Oh, I mean, they can be any color. Uh, the reason why I put those in fresh yesterday, I, I go through uh, candles like Jim goes through Cheez-Its. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I like it. It's crazy. I was debating yesterday. So on, on Thursday is, fuck me, what's that in English? Epiphany on Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is Epiphany like- It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a holiday in Sweden. and. Uh, the day on which most Swedes clear out all of their Christmas stuff. But I was contemplating leaving them up a bit longer because I like I like the lights. I like this thing in the window that are Christmassy, but really cozy. And I like that. Uh, I was going to share something with you, Chris. Uh, you know you know what right, I got Tim, yesterday? Ear, earmuffs. Earmuffs is <laughs> just for me. Uh, I bought, uh, as, as I told you and Ryan, I, uh, I managed to, to lose the, the case for my headphones. Yes. Uh, and I bought new ones. And you know what they gave me? Three months of Apple TV. Oh, nice. But, so what should I watch? Well, Ryan's been hyping that Mahershala Ali uh, movie on there. I haven't seen it yet. Y- you, can, you can listen again, Jim. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, I should know the name of it, but I just is canceled the, is, my is Apple TV. Is that the foundation or is that something else? No, foundation oh. is a great show though. You should, you should watch it. That Tom Hanks Navy movie is pretty good. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. But there's even a, a newer, have you seen the newer one on there? I have not. <laughs> That's not Greyhound. Yeah. Not no, Greyhound. I'm talking, I'm talking about Greyhound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gre- Greyhound's great, but, but, but he's a newer one that came out this year. Hmm. Mm, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, should... I'm not Sonny Bunch. I can't, I can't offer you all the best movies <laughs> in the world. Bing it. Mahershala. I'm going to do, do the Mahershala Ali first one. Swan Song. Never heard of. Finch is the Tom Hanks movie. Finch. But okay. um, of course, Morning Show is excellent. Everyone I, should I, watch. I thought you guys said it wasn't. Oh, no. Morning Show is great. Both Ryan okay. and I are big fans of Morning Show. So is Vic Mattis. <laughs> I mean, Jennifer Aniston's a little old for him, but still, she looks fantastic. It's interesting. I just watched The Matrix Resurrections and uh, Carrie Ann Moss like, is ageless. Like... What what uh, person like does not look like actually those two um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and her both look like they haven't aged, but everybody else. How is it that all of us look 25 years older in, you know, these, you know, 22 years and they look like three years older? It's incredible. I watched uh, the Sex and the City reboot recently. And uh, of course you did. They have aged, sadly. So does. um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Um, does she? Uh, does she look? I'm sorry. Does she have any more of a character in Sex and the City than she did in that Rob Lowe movie we watched? It does. Okay. So she doesn't just smile and be nice to everyone. She like disapproves. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She still smiles and is nice. I think. But she's approved. Like she's not as okay. into talking about her sexual encounters as some of the other ladies. And Kim, Kim Cattrall is out now, right? Yes. Who, who's the one who had like political aspirations? Jim. Uh, what's her actual name? The New York Senate woman. What were uh, her aspirations? Senator? Yeah. She wanted to be a, a... Oh, governor? Mayor? No. Yeah, what no. Was... I thought it was governor. Um, oh, maybe. She's like Connor. Cynthia Nixon. That's it. She didn't do uh, all that well, did she? I was only... You know, I never got into that show because one, I'm a dude, but two, Kristen, right. Kristen, Kirsten, Kristen Davis was really the only one that was appealing to me. Jim and I agree. We have the same favorite Sex and the City character. All right, Chris, we need a countdown. Uh, what am I counting? Can I count the um, Viking Super Bowl victories? Okay. Oh wait, no, that's that's zero. <laughs> what about Browns Super Bowl victories? That's zero as well. But what about Browns NFL titles? How many do they have? Like six. When was the last one? Like 1964. <laughs> was that before or after the mistake in the lake? What's the mistake on the lake? The giant stadium they built that they shared with the Brown with the Indians. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. The um, pre-Guardians. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Was, uh, that's that's a long part of Cleveland history. Is that was built in like the 1930s. Oh, I have an, it's that old. Okay. Yeah. I have an original blueprint and a brick from it. So they shared it. And then as it started declining, 
into the 90s, Art Modell was renting it from the city for $1 a year, but he was responsible for its insurance, its liabilities, and its upkeep. And then he spent a ton of money, and he was one of the first people to build loges in the stadium. But then the Indians uh, left, and they uh, went along with this new syntax project <clears throat> that they called the Gateway Project uh, that got them then Jacobs Field, now Progressive Park progressive field excuse me he basically lost like a majority of his income overnight because it's like the browns only played there eight times a year and there are only so many concerts you can have and uh that's what precipitated the browns leaving was he didn't participate in this project but yeah no that that, i i love cleveland municipal stadium just like Mm. i love rfk i love old stadiums but (laughs) rfk how about, how about this? I'll count down backwards uh, the three professional teams in Cleveland. Okay, uh, but but I'll say the team, Thomas. You you um you you give me the number. Okay, you ready? Uh, Cleveland Guardians. Three. Cleveland Cavaliers. Two. Cleveland Browns. One. Tim. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality, and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. You are listening to the annual New Year's episode of the standard expanded universe podcast, a fatal attraction and horse podcast. You can find us on about 25 different podcast platforms and for a low fee on our Patreon, where you get the episode hand delivered to your home on vinyl or cassette tape. I am your friendly neighborhood Swede, joined as usual by South Dakota's answer to Ray Ray Kroc. Is that how you say his name? Ray Kroc, yeah. Ray Kroc. If Ray Kroc was really into breakfast and lunch burritos. Chris, yes. how cold is it in South Dakota? Oh, I, I would say it's probably about 30 degrees today. Celsius. Yes, Celsius. <laughs> it is. It's 70 degrees. In Texas. It, no. Ryan is not here. Sorry. Ryan. In, Hey, oh. okay. I, I will read his. I will read his introduction anyway. In Texas, it is popular to be in a wheelchair if you are in politics. That is why Ryan, our Indian co-host from Austin, is not in politics. Ryan, have you been to Saint Petersburg recently? Is that where you met Rose? Uh, not about Ryan, but um, uh, who is it? Crenshaw. I see what you did there. Not Crenshaw. No, Coffin. Uh, Madison Coffin. Co- that's right. Uh, in Ryan's absence, we are joined by uh, Jim Swift of The Bulwark, who is currently snowed in. Did you get plowed? Um, did a plow, plowman come by? Uh, Mr. Plow has not been here. Um, I'm here in the, the uh, HOA Presidential Emergency Operations Center uh, trying to uh, answer people's questions on Facebook about how the state plows our roads and what do you do if your power goes out? It's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, nope, I, I, we've been here all day. I haven't been able to get out. You know, they told us three to six inches. I'm from Ohio, so I'm used to a lot of snow. I mean, where I grew up, the cities had their own like snowplow departments. Here, we get so few snow that like the state has to work with contractors to do it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those public policy choices. Do you want to mm-hmm. spend a lot of right. money on, on trucks and salt to have that you will probably not need? Or do you just want to spend a bunch of money on the salt and then contract with the trucks? And, you know, basically everyone has to accept that it'll take one or two days for everything to get back to normal. And that seems a reasonable trade-off to me, but it doesn't affect me because I work from home, but it does affect a lot of people. You know, if you worked at a Chipotle or, you know, if you had a long commute or something and, you know, you had an hourly job because where I live, it's cheaper living. And um, a lot of people, you know, would commute into the city for hourly work and I feel for them. Um, But, you know, these are the sort of trade-offs that politicians need to make. Yeah. Tomorrow it's going to be all ice. So, you know, luckily we have a a grocery store about a thousand feet away that I could, I could, I could trudge to if I needed to. Can, Can you, can you reveal the name of the grocery store? Which chain is this? Oh, Food Lion, which is run by Alhold Delays, which is a Dutch conglomerate. Um, they also oh, those are your people, Thomas. Never been to a Food Lion. Lidl, Lidl is my favorite grocery store in the whole wide world, which is German. But I'm not going to 
trek there, that's like 2.3 miles. Who knows? It's like a human GPS. It is 2.3 miles. This one's a thousand <laughs> feet. Uh, so Jim, it's kind of a personal question. Um, you gave us a range um, already, but how many inches of snow did you get? Uh, we got probably between 11 and 13. Um, it depends because it was actually really quite windy. And uh, it's it's hard to determine that. And, you know, JVL lives probably 4.5 miles to the northeast of me is the, is the crow flies. He didn't get it as bad as we did. He thought it was about a foot, um, but- uh, He didn't it, get as many inches. Well, no, no. I mean, his, his backyard is a little bit more in stone. God did not bless him with as many inches as Jim. No, I mean, his, his backyard is a little bit more enclosed from the wind and mine isn't, you know, my, my wife, uh, had a break at work at lunch and wanted to take our twins out and, uh, and the dogs. I love when the wife takes the twins out. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Uh, and I was just like, no, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, let me just shovel off the back porch and all of the stairs and we can go into the fenced in backyard and it will be way better. And we went out and I filmed a video of it and it was just, it literally looked like that movie 2020, you know, where they're like the climate change movie where they're like, you know, hiking and then you see the Statue of Liberty in the distance and then you have to like warm yourself next to a Wendy's deep fryer. And uh, yeah, we we went back in pretty quickly. Wendy's deep fryer is 1.1 miles away. It's like 1.7 our Wendy's. Uh, so Jim, I know, I know the last time we had you on, or one of the times we had you on, like I joked about you being um, Rain Man, but I mean, yeah. like this, <laughs> it's seeming more and more accurate. Yeah, eighty-two eight. I can count those tooth. <laughs> I can count those toothpicks, man. Uh, speaking about the last time Jim came on, uh, am, am I correct, Chris, that you made a purchase after Jim came on the last time? You're based gonna on. Have, uh, you're gonna have to ba- remind me. Based on Jim's recommendation, you- are we talking about a grill here? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, I purchased not one but two Weber uh, charcoal grills. I started with the, and here's the problem: is Jim was the one who recommended. So I keep wanting to call it a Jumbo Jim, but I know it's not a Jumbo Jim. What's it called, Jim? The Smoky Joe or the Jumbo Joe? Jumbo Joe. I got a Jumbo got- Joe, which was like my gateway drug, because um, it's it's uh it's like a smaller one. It's it's like a portable one. You could put it in your trunk and and go somewhere and. Uh, that was my entry, my gateway into uh, charcoal grilling. And um, not soon after I got, so Jumbo Joe would be for talking inches. Jim, I know you know this. It's it's like, it's like 20, 22 inches. Okay. Um, and then I got like a kind of more of a full size, which would have been. Did you get one of the premium ones or just like the one that costs like $150? Does, um, it, ha- does it have the little charcoal grate on the bottom? I, yeah, I, I can on the bottom, I can like empty, like pull out the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you got one of the premium ones that costs like 220 and those are like 24, 36, 24 to 36. I, it's a, it's a better grill size. Like you can grill more on there. You could fit like the other one. I couldn't fit my, um, my pan. I used to grill my fajita veggies, um, which is kind of a big deal. Like I want to be able to fit that on there and and also some meat on the sides. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a perfect grill and it's a fantastic price. If I may recommend to listeners, I got the uh new Lodge cast iron kickoff grill. My can, uh Can you describe that? Um Yeah. So, so which which part so cast iron, okay. So the the bowl or whatever you'd call that is cast iron. So it's an upgrade from the aluminum of a, of like what I have. I it's love, not like I, a it's not like a little green egg. It's not no. it's not ceramic. No, no, no. It's like it in between. Is, it is probably one fourth of the size of a Smoky Joe. So it is way more portable. Ooh. Okay. Um, and, but the problem is it doesn't have a lid. Now, if you brought a cast iron skillet, you could use it as a lid. And they call it the kickoff because it's for tailgates, but it's two cast iron pieces. I and, see. And uh, it has four little air inputs and it comes with little handles that you can use to easily do it because the cast iron retains heat and is very hot. But our, our, our good friend, Matt Labash, uh, sent me a gift card for helping him with his Substack, which he's launched. And everyone should subscribe to Matt Labash's Substack. Um, they should. 
And it was something that my wife would never, ever justify me purchasing with my or our own money. But when he sent me this gift card, I went and I was just like, okay, what do I want to spend the money on? And it was on sale and I got it for $78, which is like twice the price of a a Weber Smokey Joe, or maybe like one and a half times the price of a Jumbo Joe. And I've used it. It is really great for searing steaks. And I cooked out some on our balcony. And then I thought the coals had died. And I was bringing the coals that I had kept on a piece of tinfoil in to put in my Smoky Joe in the garage to be snuffed out. And the tinfoil broke and it fell on one of my daughter's prized blankets. Ooh. And that blanket sacrificed itself for the good of the family. And uh, we called it barbecue blankie. I tried to put it in the washing machine. And it did not survive, but she's a little bit less obsessed than the other twin um, about her, uh, her, her possessions. So maybe she'll hate me and have to go to therapy about it in many years, but it's, it sacrificed itself for, for our floor. You said you used it for searing steaks. Uh, what uh, do you happen to have a meat ranking for us, Jim? Yes, I do. In terms of meats that you would cook. And I will say, I do not respect people who use Traeger or what I call easy bake oven for adults, (laughs) pellet grills. And I respect people with gas. And over Thanksgiving this year, my brother-in-law and my sister smoked successfully a turkey on a Weber gas grill that uh, was plugged in and was fantastic. Not a big gas grill guy. I I have a propane gas griddle, but I'm usually charcoal or GTFO. But here, here's my ranking of meats that should be barbecued over charcoal in order. Brisket, steak, hamburgers, ribs, hot dogs, and chicken. Which which order? Was that like... That was in order. Which which order? Uh, br- one br- to br- top yeah. to bottom? Okay. Yep, top to bottom. Brisket, steak, burgers, ribs, hot dogs, chicken. So chicken is least important. I mean, you can pan fry a chicken. You can bake a chicken. You're not adding that much to chicken. I mean, most people like will smoke chicken wings if they have a like a grill that can smoke, like my PK grill can, and then they'll deep fry them. How about uh, um, you did not mention uh, the Impossible Burger? Well, I did not mention any seafood either because you shouldn't eat Impossible Burgers or seafood. You shouldn't eat seafood? I'm 100% against. I mean, look, look, I support people killing fish. If they want to eat them, that's fine by me. But I'm I'm 100% against that as as much as I am the Impossible Burger. I I don't know what. Uh, New Year's food traditions you guys have. But uh, one thing that's become really popular in Sweden is to to cook lobster on New Year's Eve. And I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know what lobster has to do with New Year's Eve. It's not like it's, you can't go out and fish them. Seafood is more of a summary thing. And I'm, I I just wanted to put it out there a time against. Are we, are we talking, are we talking about live lobster or like frozen lobster? Because if it's about live lobster, then it's about torturing a fish to death, which I support, you know, over the course of hours and teaching children about death. I feel like there's a story behind Jim's hatred of fish, but let's just put a pin in that. And I'll offer my uh, theory, Thomas, it's that you go out on New Year's Eve, you get crabs and then you kill the crabs on New Year's Day. Because crabs and lobster are the same thing, right? Well, you can also get crabs on New Year's Eve in other ways too. Jim, who hurt you, and why does it make you hate fish? Well, is it is know, it the whole like Burning River thing that like you could never eat fish in Cleveland because it came out of the river that would and it would literally kill you? No, it's the Catholic Church's crony crony capitalism. I mean, Gorton the fisherman got to Jesus at a very young age. And they've been pushing fish on us for thousands of years. Every fish fry growing up, I had to eat hush puppies, mozzarella sticks, and French fries. And I'm okay with all of those things. No one should have to eat hush puppies. Yeah, no, I I have not observed. Well, well, I love hush puppies, but I am not observant of the don't eat meat on Fridays thing because I think it's crony capitalism and it's BS. I don't even know what hush puppies are. It sounds like something that the, the mob would do to you. They're cornmeal balls with pieces of corn and onions in them and maybe some spices that are deep fried. Uh, They're good. You'd like them. Soy loco corn, corn balls. That's a Arrested Development reference, Thomas. Yes, Jim got it. Burn my hand there. Whatever. Uh, Chris, <laughs> uh, wh- why don't you uh, tell us about how you uh, spent, uh, you spent New Year's in Canada? Is that correct? Well, not quite Canada, in, in in the good part of America, which is very close to Canada. Uh, 
Yeah, um, up up uh, near the Boundary Waters Canoe area where my dad lives. Lots of interesting stuff up there. I mean, Jim's talking about um, getting lots of inches of snow. So I was up in, a, when we left on Sunday morning, it was 32 below. And uh, on Saturday, we went dog sledding, of course. Uh, and it was 20 below when we went dog sledding. It was ridiculously cold. But uh, but the story I really want to tell is it's not but, about dog sledding. It's not about dog sledding. It's it's just uh. a typical Ely where my dad lives is an interesting town. It's 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 like half bougie, like super rich people who have found a way to make a living in in paradise and can do that. And then the other half, you know, in rural America, it's just like people trying to make a living, and they're they're the people that um, that some people. Uh, absolutely disdain for being the people of walmart yes oh, yeah okay yeah so it's, it's kind of a mix of those before i left i was made aware that i had a, a a car repair that needs to be done and uh we've uh before you call me a sucker um for going to my car dealer um let me just say that i am that this one dealer is the only dealer around that people actually go to the honda dealer in town is everyone's like, yeah, like they're great. They're the best. This was my first bad experience with them. So they were like, you have this repair that you need. It's, it's a, a radiator hose. It's, it's cracked and broken and you, you just got to be careful. And so I, I made an appointment. Uh, they said it was going to take um, that and a few other kind of uh, maintenance items. Uh, it was going to take a few hours. Uh, I made an appointment the day before I was going to leave, dropped it off at 8, 15 AM. They said it was going to take three hours. 11 AM comes and goes. Noon comes and goes. One comes and goes. Two comes and goes. At which point I call them and I'm like, uh, what's the status of the car? And they're like, well, uh, we're about to just like fit it in to get the work done. I'm like, hang on. I dropped it off at 8.15. My wife was going to get off work early so she could pack. Like she was going to go home now. Like, don't tell me you haven't started working on the car. Well, he's like, okay, let me just check on it. He goes and checks on it. The one part, this, this radiator hose, he's like, oh, uh, turns out they open the package from Honda and it's the wrong part. It doesn't fit. And we've already emptied the radiator fluid and is this whole thing. And I'm just like, um, I find that this, I don't find that out actually at two o'clock. I find that out uh, much later at two o'clock. He's like, I'll get to it. Five o'clock, I show up at the dealer and I'm just like, give me my car. Like, I am leaving. We're going to get up early tomorrow morning and we're going to do this giant drive, 500 miles. And he's like, ooh, sorry, we don't have like, and I'm like, give me the part. We're going to take care of it when we arrive in Ely. I call ahead to Ely and the guy's like, seems like salt of the earth. Oh, just salt of the earth. He's like, well, we're closed this week. It's just me. But you know what? When you get here, just bring it by. I'll look at it. And um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to BS you. I'm going to give you my honest opinion. If you need the, the, the part, I'll replace the part. I'm like, great. This guy is honest up in Ely. We're going to drive it there. It's going to be great. I get up there, um, drop it by. He calls me and it's like the most, it, it, it's the beginning of the most frustrating exchange because he can't figure out what it is that, that the issue is uh, because they said radiator hose. Turns out it's not a radiator hose. It's like a connector to an overflow on the radiator. And he's ticked off because he thinks they're over hyping the severity of it. I'm like, okay, fine. So you what? So we're trying to communicate. And he's just like, I don't like this is this is nothing. This is nothing. And I'm like, well, should I even worry about it when I get home? No, don't even worry about it. I'm like, okay, fine. What do I owe you? And he said, tell you what, go bring me a, a case of Miller High Life. <laughs> so you were arguing with Rain Man of cars who has an addiction to Miller High Life. <laughs> he asked in payment and I've already been talking to him and he's like, it's hard for me to like, I'm trying to communicate like, so, so you're not going to fix it. I get that. But when I get home, do I need to bring it in and get this thing fixed? Like, what is it you're telling me? Are you telling me I can get home and then work on it? Or just like, don't even worry about it. So he's like venting his frustration at the dealer to me and then tells me to pay him with a case of Miller High Life. And on top of that, he tells me the liquor store. He says, go to Tim's liquor store. He knows what I want. Miller High Life, go get it. And Doesn't I'm like, sound okay, like too complicated of an order. <laughs> I right. It's it's super simple. But like he for some reason he specified it. And my dad said, like, that's the working class liquor store. I'm like, okay, I hang up. And then I like I pause for like a beat and I'm like, wait a second, am I really, really gonna show up at this mechanic 
with a case of hot, like when actually faced with the prospect of showing up sheepishly and being like, Oh, were you kidding? <laughs> like, were you joking? And so I show up there because I'm like, I'm not, wait a second. The more I think about it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm not bringing him a case of Miller. Like, and what is a case? Is that a 12 pack? Is that a 24 pack? What is a case? Like, and it's a suitcase. It's 24. I would have brought it to him. I mean, you're, you're thinking East coast mentality here. If someone said, Hey, your car is fine. Bring me a case of blank. I would just go get a suitcase of whatever they asked. A suitcase. Yeah. That's what they call them because they look like suitcases. They're sort of like crave cases. I mean, they, they look, they're the working man's suitcase. Had he consumed any of these Miller High Lives before he looked at your car? That's a good question. Oh, and, and like the, the, the whole like phone conversation is really uncomfortable because um, I asked like when I'm supposed to pick it up, like, are you going to be open at this time? And he's like, I'm not even open, period. I'm just trying to do you a favor. Like he's just making this like suddenly I'm feeling the difference between like my like soft non-calloused hands and like this, this Miller high life uh, mechanic uh, who's like cursing over the phone about like, uh, like, is he cursing at me or, or the dealer? Like what is happening? And I show up and uh, it felt a lot like Thomas, you haven't seen arrested development. Job asks Michael to bring the stair car to the prison and Michael goes to the prison and he knows very well that Job asked for the stair car, but he wants to have a date with Job's girlfriend. And so um, Job's like, where's the stair car? He's like, oh, were you serious about that? That's how I was at this mechanic of like, he's like, where's my, I walk in. He's like, where's my case of high life? And I'm like, you were serious about that? What? And he you says, bring it. And he says, uh, I was like, well, what do I owe you? He says, $20 cash. Who carries cash to go out to the car and get cash for my, cash? Wife's, for my wife's purse? So get out he, of 20 he, he fleeced you. A, a, a suitcase of Miller High Life out there probably is like $16.99. <laughs> he fleeced Maybe. me. I like how Chris is just so traumatized by a conversation with with a working class mechanic. I would have been like, fuck, fuck yeah, man. I'll bring that to you. Cool. I'm going to Uber to you and I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks for your help. Oh, so, so Jim shows his, uh, his real working class roots by Ubering around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, oh, okay. You could have your in-laws drive you. I mean, maybe there's not Uber in Ellis. Uh, maybe I could take a uh, There's no out. Uber in Ely, Minnesota. Ely, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could have walked like that Errol Morris High Life commercial, you know, that's what they call manpower. Tell those Middle Easterners keep their oil. We're just gonna and it's it's <laughs> wait. It's, that's it's, a real commercial. Oh yeah, no. I, I mean, I could I could play it for you if you guys want. Thomas, can you insert that here? <sighs> that's the way, Patriot. Let the OPEX keep their gasoline. We'll just tap into a far more efficient energy source. Manpower. If we all learn to pull our weight, nobody, nobody will be able to siphon away our high life. Now, Jim made it sound worse. Like he was like, you tell them Arabs to keep their oil. And um, well, he's I'm just sorry. like the OPEX. OK, OPEX is the politically quirk. <laughs> are, th- are there any non-Arab members of OPEC? How many uh, miles away is OPEC? I have no idea. I don't believe you. Can I do one of my lists? Yes. I, I figure that I'm not, I, I will I will give you a list and then you'll get to guess what it is a list of. I'm going in order from, well, it starts with worst and then the other four, they're, they're not necessarily best. It, it, you'll get it. Okay. Number five. Will we, will we though? Number five, Timothy Chalamet. Number four, Rowan Atkinson. Number three, Pierce Brosnan. Number two, Daniel Day-Lewis. And number one, Idris Elba. Uh, method actors. <laughs> the famous method actor, Rowan Atkinson. When he's Mr. Bean, man, on set, he is unbearable. Uh, I actually saw on uh, TV over Christmas uh, be- because my dad still watches like regular channels. What's What do you call that in here? Sapping? No, channel surfing. And I found one of the old episodes from the TV series, Mr. Bean. And, you know, they're still really funny. It's really good. I enjoy it. Anyway, list of so, what? Okay, l- g- give me the list again, because, uh, yeah, I want to hear it one more time. I remember Chalamet. I remember Idris Elba, Rowan Atkinson. Okay. Me again. Thomas, Chalamet. Um, at- 
I know that's what she said, but give it to me again. Chalamet, Atkinson, Brosnan, Daniel Day, Lewis, and Idris Elba. Okay, so I was going to say people who are being discussed for the next James Bond. <laughs> However, there is a former Bond on that list, and they're not going to go back to Pierce Brosnan. Rowan Atkinson has Bond. Amazing. Okay, I, I have a guess. Yep. Uh, British actors who are widowed. I, I don't know. I don't think that's true. Are, are any of these widowed? Who's widowed? Pierce Brosnan. Oh, I didn't know that. Timothy Chalmay is definitely widowed. <laughs> and British. This is a list of British actors taller than Timothy Chalamet, And also better. But one of, one of them was Timothy Chalamet, wasn't he? Yeah, he's last. The others are taller than him. <laughs> he is five foot ten. I mean, well, that's actually he, tall for an actor, though. If you wanted to, like... Tell me to rank the height of U.S. senators and like tell you who is taller than who I could tell you. But like British actors, I mean, like everybody knows Tom Cruise is short, you know, so is Kirsten Chenoweth. But like, I don't know, that's that that's a, that's a little too obscure for me, Thomas. Good. OK, uh, what do we go to uh, now? Jim, you had a year in the review bit. Ooh, I, have a, a, I have a question for you guys. What is the most exotic form of meat that you have ever consumed? I mean, it's not that exotic to me, but I'll I'll assume moose heart. Okay, moose heart. Uh, Ooh, yeah. so that, that's specific. I can't say an exotic part. Or did you just mean an animal? Yeah, animal. Like, it's oh. not an animal that most people eat. So pronghorn antelope. I've had antelope jerky. So not African antelope, but pronghorn. I've had moose. I've had I, bear. I think for- I think for Swedes, I had alligator while in the States. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably a fairly rare. It is. I had, I want to say like a wild boar in uh, Texas or something. Yeah. How about you, Jim? Uh, My three are reindeer, horse, and pigeon. Those are exotic. Ooh, I, you no, know, what? I, I, two, I just... of, two of those are everyday foods. <laughs> Maybe for you, <laughs> so... <laughs> but people in the lower 48, one, do not eat horses and they do not eat pigeons. Well, I guess all of them are. Uh, only in Alaska do they eat reindeer, and nowhere in the United States can you eat horse meat because it's illegal. Pigeon, I eat. This Egypt. is why the U.S. will never be a great country. <laughs> and not because I mean, Donald Trump failed at making it great again. I've never. So, Timothy Lewis, he talks about squirrel. Squirrel, squirrel being his favorite. I've never had squirrel, but I've had both rabbit and grouse, which are, I think are. In, I think they're both fairly exotic. We went we went to France once and there was a rabbit restaurant called Monsieur Le Pen. And I was just like, I refuse to eat rabbit and I refuse to even go in. Plus, was, they're so cute. No, I just didn't want to eat rabbit. So my dad along gave with me, fish. So my dad gave me, yeah, my dad gave me like five euros and was just like, go to McDonald's. And <laughs> you know, if you've ever been to Paris, five euros at McDonald's might buy you four chicken nuggets and a small fry and then a cup of water. So that's what I did. I, I don't have any like mental qualms about eating rabbits. It was just like mm. my American uh, ex spent uh, a summer in in France down in in Antibes and uh, visited me in Sweden during the summer. And the first the first thing she wants to eat when she gets off uh, the plane in this was in Gothenburg is t- she wants to go get a cheeseburger from somewhere. Like she was really and this is unusual. I've heard this from a lot of Americans. They go to some foreign country where they get like the local cuisine is all fine and good. But but what you guys really seem to crave are cheeseburgers. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan had a great video about that. And he was just like, everyone should eat a cheeseburger like every day because you never know when it's going to end. Who knows what God has in store for you? I agree with him. And you get some fries too. I mean, live it up. Look at, uh, look, look at me. I'm living it up. Jim, who's the tallest senator? Who? John Thune, probably. He has a great personality. <laughs> yeah, no. So John Thune, he was a really good athlete wasn't he so far as i remember i mean and and like uh he's a was it a nephew jet thune or maybe a grandnephew um there's jet, jet thune jet j-e-t-t the starting quarterback got hurt at roosevelt high school here in town he came in and i think won a, a state title and like years later i i saw him working at uh the, the sporting goods store um at shields and i saw like did i see his first and last name or did you see and anyway, we started talking about his high school like football career, and because because like the quarterback that got hurt, I think went on to to be a great four year starter at SDSU. So 
but I'll, I'll save the college football talk for when Ryan joins. Yeah, you should. Uh, but since we are on sports, uh, I, ha- I have a game for for this week uh, that uh, I think that both of you. Uh, so, uh, Jim, the way that we've been doing these games is that we have to put things in order. So you will get 10 items from me. Together, you guys will try to decide which order they go in. We are no no binging allowed, of course. Uh, we are going to be doing champions from the four major sports in the U.S. during the 1990s. Okay. Uh, so you are going to four correct- major sports being MLS, NASCAR, um, <laughs> professional golf, and the professional WNBA writing. and WNBA. Uh, it it could be that Uh, it it could also be something else all right so these are all different champions that have only won the title once during this decade in the the 90s once during the 90s okay right with with one exception because otherwise it wouldn't work okay okay. so one team has won it twice i'm going to give you the team names and then you get to place them out by this might be really easy so you're not getting any points for adjacency this time. Boo. Okay, so okay. We're, we're supposed to do them by year then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. Right. So, so 90s. Okay. That's 90 to 99. Got it. Okay. The teams are the Denver Broncos, Colorado Avalanche, New York Rangers, Jeez. Washington Redskins, New York Giants, Detroit Pistons. Hang on. Oh yeah. Can you Sorry. just pay, can you just paste the names in the chat? Oh, right. It's Denver Broncos, Florida Marlins, Detroit Pistons, New York Giants, Colorado Avalanche, San Francisco 49ers, Montreal Canadiens, New York Rangers, Washington Redskins. Put them in order from 1990 to 1999, boys. All right, Jim, let's start with the Florida Marlins. What year was that? 1997. All right. Let's see. The 49ers. That was, they won before the Cowboys um, won. And the Cowboys went, did they win three in a row or was it three out of four? It was something like that because I remember uh, Bernie Kosar played for them and he, that's how he got his reign. Um, so 97 is the Marlins. We can knock that out because I was at that World yeah. Series. The Redskins. So it was the Giants. I think the Giants, I think the Giants were before the Redskins. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, granted, I was like, seven and i hated the detroit pistons i'm gonna guess that they won in 1990 see that i was gonna say that so do you think the redskins were 91 no because if the giants won before the redskins they would at least be 92 or three i'm sorry um so the giants would be 91 yes uh redskins i'm gonna say not i i think it was giant skins because 92 yeah and then after that, I'm sort of turning a blank here. So let's look at the other teams here. Colorado Avalanche. Oh, my gosh. I was an Avalanche fan at one point. Oh, Joe Sackage and Peter Forsberg. Oh, uh, no, Patrick Watt. Watt. Patrick Roy. <laughs> but where were the Denver Broncos had to be early in the – no, no, I'm sorry. Those are those – I'm sorry. Nope, their, their wins were in the later 90s. They had losses with, with – uh, they had losses in the 80s with Dan Reeves, right, coaching yeah. them? Uh, two I mean, losses, I, right? I think I remember they won in like '99 because, like, in '90 was it '98 or '90? Oh, what was the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams? I, so you didn't watch that new movie, um, American? No, I have not watched that uh, out of respect for my family. So I'm going to say that did the, Bron- did the Broncos win back to back '98? No, no, no '98. See, I know this. No, no, no I'm sorry, '99. They might have Falcons, back to back. 99. So mm. the 98, 1998 Minnesota Vikings um, drafted Randy Moss, who uh, had a phenomenal rookie year. They went 15 and one uh, and lost when Gary Anderson uh, missed um, a makeable field goal. That was his only miss the whole year, but that was the 98 playoffs. That, so that would have been the 99 Super Bowl. The Falcons lost to the, Broncos. would that have been the Broncos? Yeah, I think 99 is the Broncos. So I think we can cross that one off. And so they must have been back to back then, 98 and 99. 
if if the if the Marlins were ninety seven, yeah, especially if they're the two teams. So let's let's put them in there. Okay. Okay. So now we have ninety three, four, five, and six, and then that leaves the Canadians, the Forty ers the Rangers. They haven't put down a single NHL team on this list. Yeah, who, nobody cares about hockey. Um, well, the dude, 49ers, I'm, a, I'm a Blues fan. I mean, yeah. like, come on. I didn't. The 49ers blew out the um, San Diego Chargers, and uh, Dion played on that team and then was acquired by the Cowboys and then won um, three with the Cowboys. Uh, that wouldn't have been 93. Would that have been 94 with the Niners, or would that have been 93? Four. I think it's four or five. Five seems kind of late for the for the Niners, don't you think? Okay. Okay. Do you want to say nineteen ninety four? Okay. Do you want to say nineteen ninety four for the forty niners? Okay. Okay. So the so the Giants in ninety one, Redskins in ninety two, Pistons and Pistons in ninety. So okay. three, five, and six are blank. Yeah. Um. Let's so just that now roll we have the, the dice NHL on team. like yeah. Nobody knows or cares. Um, no. Oh God. No. It was just no. No. It's like. It was like 97. There was that weird thing because that was after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Detroit Red Wings. All of these are after. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I realize it. (laughs) But no, no, I mean, it was just like, you remember like the the Red Wings did very well in the 90s and then they had that that horrific car accident. Anna Kornikova was dating Sergei Fedorov. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, so we have Avalanche, let's say, oh gosh, let's Avalanche, let's say 96. That seems about right to me because that's when I had a starter jacket from the Avalanche, right? about sixth grade. Um, and let's I honestly say, didn't know that the Rangers have ever won a Stanley Cup. So haven't they won a ton of them? Oh no, they've only won one. Okay. I guess that shows how much I know about hockey. But then uh, again, the team I cheer for has only won one Stanley <laughs> Cup. Okay. And that, that was like five minutes ago. Wait a minute. So the Canadians have only won. Oh, you're talking in the 90s, not yep. over the course of their career. Because I thought the Canadians. Yeah, just just once in the 90s, a title okay. for these teams. How about, I don't know. What do you think? We have Canadians and. Uh, what years do we have open? 93 three and five. I'm taking, I'm taking notes here. Rangers and Canadians need to go in somewhere, right? I'm going to say Rangers. I'm going to say Rangers 95 Canadians, 93. Final answer. You cool cool with that? I'm cool with that. I think we got 10 out of 10. I don't know. I think we missed at least three. Uh, All right. So you're at, uh, actually, I'll, I'll do it this way. All right, so uh, let's let's go in or in order, starting with 1990. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, let's do it in order, starting with 97, and then just you know. <laughs> in 1990, you answered the Detroit Pistons. We mm-hmm. did. The correct answer is the Detroit Pistons winning back-to-back titles. Yes. 19- yeah. Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer. 1991, you guys answered the New York Giants. The right answer is the New York Giants. Yes. 1992, you guys answered the Washington football team. The right answer is the Washington football team. I couldn't have done it without Rain Man. In 1993, you guys answered... Montreal Canadiens. The right answer is the Montreal Canadiens, being the last time a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup in a while. 1994, you guys answered the San Francisco 49ers. The right answer is the New York Rangers. Hmm. Boo. So I, I messed that one up. I, I insisted that they were 94. Okay. The so 49- had, had we gone with, with uh, Rain Man, we would have been okay. The 49ers won the next year, 1995. Uh, 1996, you guys ans- answered Colorado Avalanche. Wait, what, what was 94? 94 was the Rangers. Yeah. 90, yeah. 95 so was the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got you it. flipped those okay. I think those are the only ones we got wrong. 96, 
abs. <laughs> the only one we got wrong was the one that I. Okay. <laughs> right. 1997, the Florida Marlins. Wait, also, was 96 the Avalanche? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Marlins did indeed win in 1997. Uh, 98 and 99, you put down the Denver Broncos, which then, of course, by the process of elimination, is correct. Look at that. Back-to-back titles. Okay, 8 of 10. I'll take that's, that's pretty good. I, I suspected that it might be too easy. Uh, the, Ryan, with Rain Man. <laughs> Ryan and Chris would never have gotten the hockey no. ones. So. <laughs> it's no way. There's well, no way. I mean... I mean, come on. I remember the difference between 93 hockey and 94 hockey uh, on Sega Genesis is that they uh, took out blood in 1994. Like if what? you got if you got into a fist fight and you won, the guy would fall to the floor and you just see red blood seeping from his face. And they took <laughs> it out. And I was like, God damn, pussies. And I was in third grade. What year did they uh, put the tail on the puck on TV? Oh, you're talking about the Fox Track puck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus. That was like 1998. Let's How see. long did that last? Like two years, because Fox did not get... They did not get the contract after that. Yeah, uh, let's see. I was going to say Fox, but I, I'm kind of gun-shy now that I've goofed up the 49ers. Uh, Super Bowl. I, 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 I almost... Natron Means was the running back for the Chargers. 1996, and it was used until the end of the 1997, 1988, 1998 season. It, it is really fun to, well, I mean, not fun, but like, it's amusing to me to watch hockey with people who usually don't watch hockey. And nine times out of 10, if they're not used to it, at some point during the game, they will complain about how they don't know where the fuck is. Uh, Fox is on to something, man. <laughs> and it's not just with Judge Janine. Well, see, here's the thing. Fox was ahead of its time because now, like, unfortunately, I was reading this article about how the NHL has kind of really grown itself. And Fox was like a part of their big thing, because if you looked at how much money they were getting in the like early 90s versus what they started getting in 2000 up into the 2010s and the 20s, they've gotten more and more money. NHL TV was hands down the best sports subscription app that there was. It was the best value. Uh, you could go back and watch games easily. Yeah. And then they just sold out to ESPN, which is total garbage and is very hard to use. But now in 2021 with this technology, they could put that damn little microchip back in the puck and they could have the Fox track puck for people who aren't good at hockey. And you could just like turn it on or turn on, it on off. the app. Yeah. Yeah. You could. Definitely personalize it. Yeah. Just like I can turn on the radio on MLB TV or, or close or uh, subtitles. Yeah. Or Spanish. Yeah. I mean, like I could pick when I watch the Cleveland Indians, now guardians, I can watch the game and I can say, I don't want to listen to the TV broadcasters. I want to listen to Tom Hamilton, the radio broadcaster. And it syncs up like, it just know. makes so much sense. Like the stuff that like we can do and the stuff that we do do um, is like years, it, it takes years for that to happen. Fox I remember if it's time. I get why purists hated it. I remember watching uh, a, a like I don't know why, but like a news promo. Uh, maybe I was waiting for a sports segment or something on like network TV, and there and there was like a guy in like local TV talking about like the web, the internet, and this would have been year two thousand one. And he was like, I try like. The, the gimmick was he like locked himself in his apartment and tried to survive off of just using the internet. This would have been before Wi-Fi. Um, you know, you'd have had to hardwire your ethernet in and he's like trying to survive while like ordering stuff online. And at that point, ordering you- food online was not an easy thing. He was like, I ordered some pizzas and like, they just didn't respond. Like they weren't used to like, responding to, to the app like the technology was there it just took a while for the public to adopt ordering food over the internet did jb did jbl write this story no this this was I'm, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding tell, tell me about why you say that oh no no because john jonathan is um i mean one i'm gonna suck up uh he's not only one of my good friends but he's an amazing boss 
Um, but he is a critic of technology and he always has been. I mean, not to the degree that like Matt Labesh has. Um, I think he understands the degree of involvement we need to have in technology for the su- success of, say, the bulwark. Um, but he is sort of a quasi Luddite in a way. Like he's good at technology, but he also recognizes that it's a double edged sword. Oh, sure. Um, and um, I mean, in the in the early days of the standard, if I recall, I mean, this was long before I was there because you know he's like ten years older than me. But you know, I read the I read the magazine since ninety eight or ninety ninety nine. Um, you know, he did write some articles that were you know kind of critical of technology. And when I was there, he he wrote critical articles about the uh, easy pass lanes that Virginia was uh, ceding to private corporations. You know, to make it easier for our families to get to DC. Um, and, you know, while I like those things, it was a raw deal that the the government made with them. And I think he's got a good critical eye for that sort of stuff. And uh, it, it, But is that anti-tech JVL or is that just anti-capitalism JVL? Maybe both. I mean, uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, Irving Kristol said, one cheer for capitalism, right? Okay. Transition. I, I have another list. I, li- I like this list the most. Do you have to guess the ranking? Uh, no, uh, this is a rank. There's a new HBO show. Uh, I don't know if you have had a, a chance to see it yet or if you are saving it for later. Uh, I, I don't know, but the entire first season is out. It, it's, I'm saving it for a snowy day. Okay, it, it's a fantastic show. Uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. <laughs> I, have, I have ranked the four girls. Number four is Kimberly, played by Pauline Chalamet. Number three is... Whitney, played by Alaya Chanel Scott. Number two is Bella, played by Amrit Kaur. And number one is Leighton, played by Renee Rapp. Okay. Uh, which there you aspect go. of the college girls are you ranking? What do you mean? The, the, it's in order of worst to best. Pauline Morally? really lost that. Uh, I mean, the, you could look at it that way. Pauline really lost out because... She's the sister of the infamous uh, Timothy. Lame. Uh, okay, uh, Jim. Yeah. What? Did, how? How did you like 2021? Oh, are you asking for my month by month ranking? Ooh. Yes. Okay. We get a ranking of the month. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, no. I I will give you the biggest event in my mind of each of the months. Oh, okay. Okay. I can. I can. I can. Well, go. So, what was it in January? I I cannot imagine. That was the insurrection that leads me to grind my teeth at night, even though Joe Biden won. I thought that maybe after the bad orange man was gone, I would not grind my teeth at night and chip my teeth. And lo and behold, I still do. Isn't that terrible? The insurrection was on January 6th, which we should all be celebrating the epiphany. And here, all we can remember is the insurrection. which, Which sadly, I predicted on the Bulwark podcast the month before. Uh, or the live stream we do on Thursday. Wait, wait, what did you predict? Not the insurrection specifically, but that between now and January 20th, we're going to have an immense amount of political violence. Okay. He predicted the, what's his name? The, the, the Viking guy. What's, what's his nickname? The QAnon shaman. The QAnon shaman. Yeah, no, I didn't. He predicted that. He said someone will dress up as a Viking (laughs) and stand proudly in the Senate chambers. No, and as someone who worked in both chambers, I mean, that could have been me there huddling. And as someone who was a credentialed reporter there when I was at the Weekly Standard, I could have been up in the gallery like my friend John McCormick, formerly of the Weekly Standard, who had to push a couch to barricade a door. And then I'm looking at these pictures and I'm seeing guns drawn on the house floor and someone, you know, going all Jack Nicholson through a shattered window. You know, the one that the president goes through with the state of the union. And I look at one of these guys and I'm like, crap, that's my buddy, Vic, not our buddy, Vic from the substandard, but my buddy, Vic, who was my boss's security detail. And I know that Vic wouldn't hesitate if that guy did something crazy to pull the trigger. I, I will say for the record, I don't feel sorry for Ashley Babbitt. Justice was served. Sorry, not sorry. She died. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, February, Ted Cruz going to Cancun while Texas is frozen. <laughs> that was the highlight. But, you know, he spent the entire year of 2021 fighting the Biden administration while going to Cancun. Uh, March, uh, the COVID emergency bill. 
uh, was uh, one highlight, and then Ever Given showing us the oh. problems <laughs> of the Suez Canal. Um, there was uh, the uh, there was someone on Twitter who kept track of the ship. Uh, had it's now maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a month ago, uh, it went through again, uh, but it didn't get stuck this time. Sadly, well, yeah, well, yeah, no. So the interesting thing is, so they they charge you to go through the Suez Canal, obviously a lot of money, and there are these ghost ships that if you can't pay, or if the people who own the ships like renege on their agreement to pay for you to go through the canal, like the port police at either end will like force your ship to like sit in a bay and there was a really interesting read right after the ever given about like this one guy was just living in squalor on a huge container ship full of spoiled goods and he'd been living there for like eight months because the company was just like mm, fuck it and uh it was it was a very interesting thing okay so i'm going to move forward here april the georgia voting bill uh Uh, kind of showed the GOP was showing their true colors in the all-star game. Uh, May was the Russian hack of the colonial pipeline. June was Andrew Yang was slayed in the New York mayoral election. July, Delta, Delta, Delta. Can I help you, help you, help you? Not really. Um, Delta, you know, COVID. Anyway, you get it. August, we all know. Afghanistan. Uh, September was the report of the cyber ninjas. October was the unfortunate release of that horrible show, uh, uh, Netflix show Squid Game. Uh, (laughs) November was the false hope that Glenn Youngkin gives Republicans that Glenn Youngkin can be repeated elsewhere because he's an anomaly. And uh, speaking of the Greeks, December, Omicron. That's my year in review. Did you watch Squid Game? No, uh, I did watch that stupid YouTuber's parody of it. And then I watched the like, movie sins of it but uh i don't like Stupid watching youtuber uh that uh that rich guy with the hair who has like the celiac disease or whatever who gives money to people you know what i'm talking about like uh, he's like mr burger or whatever mr beast i know mr beast so he yeah. did a parody okay okay he has celiac disease okay. he, he has he has some obscure okay i mean it's not gout but you know it's it's I, thomas my son loves mr beast I even tried a Mr. Beast burger, you know, which was part of the whole during the 2021 COVID pandemic, part of those ghost kitchens. Like he partnered with Applebee's and you could order a Mr. Beast burger from them. It was a decent burger. Anyway, that's my year in review. Yeah, when you said the uh, Afghanistan thing, um, I'm like, that, that feels like years ago to me. Did you take your car back to the dealership, by the way? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Okay. Question. Did I pay for the services I received a week ago? No. The guy was like, I must have conveyed such um, passive aggressive Midwestern not niceness um, that he's like, we'll settle up when you get back. I just want to get you out of here. And uh, I've not paid for the services I received. I I got a break job. I got um, a few other things done. Um, I'll I'll get to it when I get to it. (laughs) Okay. So are we giving up hope and Ryan showing up? I think so. Sure. Uh, that's that's too bad. The go. main the main reason I want to to get to have Ryan here is because I really wanted to ask him about the dog, like the dog that he kept hidden from us in for two years, but he still apparently had a dog, and I, I want him to explain this uh, for us. Uh, but I, I guess we'll have to do that next week. We'll have to wait okay. until next week. Yeah. Okay. If no one has anything else, that's all the time we are giving to today's show. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you for coming on, Jim. Uh, Always glad to be here. Listeners, grab one of those candles from Thomas's apartment. Light it. it. Actually, light all four of them and don't blow them up. Keep them burning.